Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yeah, man. I'm ready. How about you? Oh, yeah. We're taking this back 40 years today. Today? No, it wouldn't be today. It'd be... We want to do Tommy Wimey stuff? No, we'll fuck it up. <laughs> okay. So, the December 26th through the 28th, 1980. That's what this is about. 40 years to the month. <laughs> we'll give you that much. Yep. We're not going to play around with when's this episode coming up, blah, 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 blah. It's always fun to do that, but no. We don't got time for that. No. <laughs> you know what I do have time for? What? Finding out what you're having to drink, my good sir. I'm having not just a splash, but a wave of peanut butter whiskey in my tea. Wow. A wa- so what is that, like half and half, three quarters, and then there's a quarter tea? What is that? <laughs> just a splash of tea? Not just a splash, a whole wave. I poured it until I'm like, yep, th- uh, that's enough. No, I meant just a splash of tea. <laughs> oh, just a splash of tea. Right. Yeah. I would say for color, but they're about the same color. What? are you drinking for this episode? Well, I didn't have time to go out and get anything new, so I just got the Dogfish 60 Minute. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I like it, so doesn't matter to me. All right. My wife was very adamant that we share the Pennsylvania safer sex with COVID-19, uh, the new regulations. You know what I'd say? What? Unless you listen, you don't get a say. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> That's what Whoa. this is about. <laughs> this is how to fuck her safely with a pandemic. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hear it. Uh, mainly from person to person is how it spreads. But consider your level of risk, part two. You are your safest sex partner. Your next safest partner is someone you live with. So, I mean, the first step, just do it yourself. That's what I tried to tell the people at work when they walked in on me masturbating in the bathroom. I said, this is the safest way to do it. Then leave me alone. They said, you know what? We got to write you up, man. I said, all right, wait till I'm done. Throw the receipt here. I got to clean up anyway. <laughs> uh, having close contact, including sex with someone you live with, who has a low risk of having COVID-19 infection helps prevent spreading COVID-19. If you do have sex with others outside of your household, <laughs> have as few partners as possible and pick partners you trust. Can you really trust that person? They've not been around some somebody who is potential high risk. Yeah, probably not. Maybe. No. <laughs> Ask partners outside your home about COVID nineteen status before you meet and engage in sex. <laughs> Look, how many guys do you know who would say they'd see like this super hot chick at the bar or wherever, and then they're like, "Wait a sec, hold on." Guys don't think with their head at that point. Not that one. Not the one on top of their shoulders. No, no, no. They definitely do not think with their brain. They're not thinking, <laughs> I could get COVID. They're thinking, uh, let me uh, do a little squirt squirt here, and if I get COVID later, <laughs> hey. We'll deal with it later. You know, NyQuil is kind of cheap. Would you say NyQuil? Yeah. <laughs> That'll do the job. Look, you can't sneeze if you're unconscious. I think that was similar to what Bill Cosby said. You can't say no if you're unconscious. <laughs> no? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Try to identify a consistent sex partner. Wear a face covering. Avoid kissing. Doggy. Doggy style. <laughs> you don't... That's It's literally impossible to kiss that way. Unless you're a giraffe. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be real tough. I mean, I guess there's ways to do it to, like... Unless you're some sort of succubus that you're 
And she just turns her whole head around. Whoa. Or or he, you know, I don't know. Look, you can doggy style anybody. <laughs> but if that head turns around, you should probably get the fuck out of there immediately. I don't care who has COVID or doesn't. COVID is the least of your concerns <laughs> at that point. Right. Your soul going to hell is your main one. Avoid kissing and do not touch your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands. Wash your hands with soap and water often, and especially before and after sex. What if you go for a long time? Should you stop in the middle? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, is there a period of time? Like, the soap and water is time trial? Yeah. Like, what if you're doing it one way? And then, like, I don't know, maybe you move to the living room. This Uh is for the people without kids, because, you know, you and I both know that's not happening. No. But... You move to the living room, then you... You got living room germs then. You got to wash your hands again. <laughs> Hold on. Let's let's get to the kitchen real quick, and we'll wash our hands quick, and we'll, we can... Oh, while we're in the kitchen. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Why does it have to specify before and after? Seriously? Do people just kind of... Yeah, we're done. I'm good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Don't clean up. Nothing. Nothing. Just roll over and oh. sleep in your own sperm. Or somebody else's, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, however that works. I mean, could be yours, could be someone else's. Right. You know, whatever you're going to do. You usually meet your sex partners online. Consider taking a break from in-person dates. Video dates, sexting, subscription-based fan platforms, or chat rooms may be options for you. I hope you put, you know what, whether you put that on your Christmas list or not, I'm probably going to get you a Pornhub gift certificate or a gift card. Who does gift certificates anymore? (laughs) I remember the last gift certificate I had. It was for a restaurant in Newark that is no longer there. I think it burned down or something. It was for Timothy's. See? Using gift certificates, dummies. A piece of paper. That's why it burned down. Probably. It's probably made out of pieces of paper. They just had a big stack of gift certificates they didn't know what they are going to do with in the back. Put it next to the fryer. (laughs) (laughs) You can't deep fry the fucking gift certificates, Ted. (laughs) Wait. I thought we were all Timmy here. It is Timothy's. Ted, you should know I'm Timothy. You're my brother, Ted. I don't know why we're doing southern accents for Newark, (laughs) Delaware. There's not a southern accent in Delaware. And if there was, Delaware would probably kick him out. You ain't welcome here, boy. We don't take kindly to your kind. And there we go again. (laughs) We can't stop. (laughs) Skip sex if your partner is not feeling well. If you or your partner is not feeling well. That sounds like marriage. Yeah, not tonight, honey. I have a headache. <laughs> Words w- you would never say. What, me? Yeah. No. Me neither. Now that we've... I have the first said... Word, what? Oh. I have said, not tonight. I'm... You know, I gotta get up in like three fucking hours. <laughs> Don't touch me check till the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wake you up when I get up for work. Yeah. <laughs> Look, just give me like a three-hour nap. I'll be powered up then. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, take this show back to December 1980 in Woodbridge, Bentwaters area, Suffolk, England. What, what was it? Southeast? Southeast? Is it Suffolk or Suffolk? I have no idea. I don't know how they would pronounce it over there. Hey, you bloody blokes of Suffolk. <laughs> All right. Now that you put it in those terms. Somebody will tell us. One of our listeners will let us know. I sure hope so. 
one of the uh, burrito boys. Grief burrito. Yeah. Maybe um, Cap understands. Shit, you know what we didn't do? Who? What? Not who? <laughs> we didn't do our all of our shit that we used to do at the end. But now we're going to do it in the beginning? Yeah, we'll do it in the beginning right now. Fuck it. All right. Merch? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, if you want some merch. Uh, yeah, merch. Merch, merch. If you want yeah. some... <laughs> If you, you want, want some dope merch, go to myconspiracytees.com slash bring on the weird or search for us on tpublic.com. Yep. My Conspiracy Tees has some uh, exclusive stuff like the uh, the mugs, the mugs that are cheering, cheers mugs, and then our logo is right in the middle of that. There's leggings there, which mm. I've, I've still yet to see leggings of anything. I I really want to see how they turn out. I might order some. I'm not, I'm not asking for anybody's pictures of them. <laughs> nope, because no. that's how we get divorced. <laughs> just the leggings. Not wearing them. <laughs> just the leggings. <clears throat> Unless you're a dude, then send them because we want to see what you're working with. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on backwards so we see the logo on the backside. We don't need to see. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm not and sometimes I don't. <laughs> well, that's the safest way during COVID. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I don't. No. You can always do the nut yourself. <laughs> uh, Almond Joy. That's right. Mounts? I like Almond Joy. I think they're uh, very underappreciated, and I am against the the Almond Joy hate. I'm against it. Mm, I'm there with you. I'm going to start a march against the Almond Joy haters. That seems counterintuitive. I hate you hating this thing. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Include everyone except for them. <laughs> Not the Except purple for those people. people over there. Oh, oof. not the mounds <laughs> people. Ugh. It's uh, a chocolate and coconut. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> oh, I like coconut. T Public has the stuff with Taylock, do our little alien dude, and ex- that's exactly what this episode's all about. Once we finally get to it, we'll get there eventually. I'm not in a rush. Are you? I'm never in a rush. Let's let's take it slow then. Slow it down. Whoa, slow tunes. You're looking at. <laughs> Like an R&B DJ, man. <laughs> we're going to slow it down for you folks real slow. And don't forget, we're adding 18 minutes to the end of this episode. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I, I couldn't go R&B there. <laughs> I'll go shock, shock. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Whoa, hey. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. <laughs> At the end of this episode, 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 18 minutes of... Radio transmissions from the military from 1980. Wang. <laughs> Sounds like a acapella, but for radio show. You, there's no like <laughs> buttons. There's no soundboard. You just talk with your mouth. <laughs> They're not a big radio station, man. They just <laughs> they gotta get the guy from uh, oh police academy. Po- yeah, police academy. <laughs> man, I want to watch that movie again now. Damn, what was his name? That's a bad siren. There's Tackleberry. The hell was his name? I don't know. I'll think of it. It'll come to me. Hold on. Let me let my subconscious get to it. It's working on it. Hold on. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll talk about Rendlesham in 1980. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened? So, I guess it occurred about like 3 a.m., right? Is what I got. The initial it, occurrence was... What morning, though? Were, did, wasn't there... They were talking about lights for a couple of days, and then they're finally like, man, this 
this is crazy. We gotta go tell someone. Like all the like the the peons. And well, where did it happen? So I got it occurred at three a.m. on the twenty sixth of nineteen eighty in Suffolk. Suffolk. Okay. Whatever. But it's the uh, between. Uh, yeah. It was between the Royal Air Force bases Woodbridge and Bentwaters, which were then being occupied by the U.S. Air Force. Yes, this was 1980, so this was like kind of getting to the end of the Cold War situation, but people were being, they were still being a little, little weird out there in the Europe area and Asia, the Russians kind of moving about and this one and that one moving around in Europe. So the U.S. is like, we're going to stay right here. Oh, we're going to stay real close, buddy. <laughs> Which is ironic, because we're closer to Russia here than you would be there. So you're just going to station some guys in in Alaska? Well, yeah, well, yeah, Yeah, you're closer to the east side, but then the the west side Russians are like, whoa, we're going to go to Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> Poland. <laughs> so is the west side the bad side? Well, that's where they can get all the shit. Like everybody else on the east coast is just like, well, there's Japan and China's over there. And then the, there's some of the Pacific Ocean. Alaska's over there, but the U.S. will fuck us up if we go any further to Alaska. But Canada is just on the other side and Canada is not going to do shit probably. No? They might. Just let the Russians in? Yeah, maybe. Boris and Natasha? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> oh my God, is that how Rocky and Bullwinkle came to be? The Russians and the Canadians are colluding. That's what that's what Rocky and Bullwinkle is. Oh my God. And then you got Speedy Gonzalez down south of us, dude. <laughs> yep. We're in trouble. I mean, Speedy Gonzalez was a good guy, but right. was he? He could be bad. He's a speedster. He's super fast. He's like an evil Flash. Yeah, you can't... I don't know if you could trust that little guy. He's a speedster. I don't know. You can get away with some stuff. So what I got was, this was the first time that these security patrolmen, who is Jem Peniston and John Burroughs, saw... They saw strange lights near the eastern gate of uh, Woodbridge. Okay. Now, wasn't there a Stefan or a Steven in there? See, I didn't get... The, I didn't see that name anywhere. You did mention that to me, but I didn't... I mean, it's quite possible I did shitty research, which is what I normally do. <laughs> no, you usually have like eight pages of notes. Yeah, but it's all shit. It's all... <laughs> it, it's so long because I type paragraphs. Like one note is four paragraphs long. That's <laughs> but this true, but... Stephen guy, he he came up to... He went to uh, Peniston and is like, oh, dude, there's some lights out there. I don't know what's going on. I'll see if I can find his name. It, really? It's It's crazy. I don't know what's going on out there. And then Penison is like, all right, let's go see it. And Stefan's like, Stephen or Stefan? It's S-T-E-F-F-E-N. That's his last name. I would say Stefan. He's like, no, I'm not going out there, man. I'm not going anywhere near that. I don't care what happens. And then Penison's like, Neville, let's go. Ne- that guy's in the military? Yeah, Stefan. He was in our military? Yeah. And he's like, this is some bullshit. I'm out. Wow. I don't trust that guy fighting for us. <laughs> I saw a light. It was scary. <laughs> Just the Russians over there flashing, like, blinking flashlights. Bing, 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 bing. Whoa. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Neville's. Neville's was with those. Man, we're going to mess this up. Neville's was with Halt. 
Burroughs was with Peniston. Right. When uh, Halt, I guess when he went back out, right? When Halt went back out? Well, I guess Halt only went out once, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So Peniston and Burroughs, they saw this shit and they were like, you know what? That could be a possible downed aircraft. So they asked for permission to go investigate it because, you know, they can, it, like a security matter. Yeah, they talked to their uh, in command, the commander of the base. It was um, the flight chief, right? General Gordon Williams, wasn't it? Or Ted Conrad. Oh, it was Conrad? Yeah, I believe Halt went up to Conrad later and was like, hey, man, there's some shit going on out here. And Conrad's like, all right, go check it out. Now, I guess some shit on Conrad a little later. Mm. I didn't realize it was Conrad. He's a peepee head. So, yeah, so they asked for permission to go investigate the, quote, strange glowing object in the forest, end quote. Oh, well, that was Halt's team. But what, did Peniston go out later, or was Peniston first? So they saw it, but they didn't, they were patrolling their area, but this was close enough to their area, so they had to, I guess they were like, hey, there's something going on out there. I mean, they didn't go into his office and ask him. They probably radioed it in and whatever. I think they asked for permission to go investigate. So I think we're talking about two different parts here. Okay. I think the the later investigation, they got permission from Conrad. These two guys asked the flight chief for permission to go out and check out what just went down. Like They were the first responders to a security investigation of a craft of unknown origin located just outside RAF Woodbridge in England. So... Peniston and his team went out first, and then later on, Hall's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You dumbasses. I got to see this for myself. Yeah, so that's when they went out, like, later, was it the next day, or was it early? It was early, It was later that morning, right? I, I think it was later that morning. And for some reason, it seems like it's a, little, it's a little weird between the 26th and the 28th. I think they were seeing lights for a couple of days, but uh, the Russians had sent something... There was something in the air for on the on Christmas Day, I think, mm-hmm. and everybody knew exactly what that was. But this stuff was happening a couple of days after Christmas. I had kind of an issue researching this. A little all over the place. Yeah, a little all over the place. It's really difficult to get. Like one website would say this, and another website would say that. Yeah. What I ended up doing was getting a lot of this from the MUFON website and a very little bit from, what was the website you sent me? The Rendlesham? The RendleshamForestIncident.com. So there's yeah. a bunch of stuff there, and it seems to cover most of the stuff, but I did find other things in other places. But what really messes me up about this website is so many of the typos. I don't know whether they just straight up copied reports. They even messed up some names. Yeah, see, once I start noticing a lot of typos, I'm kind of out on it. Yeah. You know? Like there was a there was a cabin cabin sag or cabin sag or cabin zack is how they spelled it once. Like what the fuck is going on? But anyway, yeah. there's for the witnesses and the parties involved all this shit really went down. Yeah. Except for Burroughs. Except for Burroughs? Yeah, Burroughs, who 
was with Peniston. They went out to go check it, check on it. Yeah. And then as they got closer to the area, Peniston said that Burroughs vanished into thin air for a few moments and then returned. And then, Bur- well, Burroughs allegedly, he had no memory of the events that happened until like the next morning. Oh. So it's like he kind of, like he blacked out or, or maybe he's susceptible to being influenced. Uh, I don't know. Well, you were uh, telling me something about, what were you going to say? Staff Sergeant Steffens, he or Stevens, however you want to pronounce it. Sometimes I see it with two Fs, sometimes I see it with one F. Uh, he briefed uh, Peniston on what was going on, and then Peniston grabbed up Cabin, cabin Sag or Cabin Zack and Burroughs to go with him. So those two guys went with him. So I have something a little similar. So maybe... I just didn't get the the Steffens thing. You know, I said the two patrolmen, they saw the strange light. Then they asked for permission, and the flight chief gave them permission for three patrolmen to go investigate. Okay. So maybe that's when Steffens was like, all right, I'll step down. I'm just a messenger. Yeah, so, well, maybe Steffens said something, and then Peniston and Burroughs, they were out patrolling, and then, boom, they saw it too. You know what I mean? Maybe... Maybe Stephens kind of said, "Hey, keep an eye on this area over here." But he said that something landed. It did not crash. It landed, and Pennison's like, "Whatever, kid." Yeah. So w- when I say uh, they believed it could be a possible downed aircraft, that doesn't necessarily mean shot down. It could be an aircraft that touched down. Right. Exactly. Although typically, when you hear a downed aircraft, you assume shot down. So maybe the wording was just weird. This is in the height of, like, they're in the Cold War, and, you know, everything is pretty chill right now, and we just had Christmas, we're working on New Year's, and whoever celebrates Christmas or doesn't, between all the conglomeration of Europeans and Asians in the area. Asians yeah, we're in a in- shithole Britain. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever conglomeration of celebrations are happening, maybe maybe they've already celebrated Christmas or some of them already celebrated the beginning of December or celebrations aren't happening yet. Who knows what's going on? But, you know, things were still kind of tense in this in these times. Yeah, no doubt. So everybody's a little bit a little bit on edge. So it could be anybody crash. Somebody shot down. They crashed, landed. Something's crazy. What is going on? We don't know. Let's go find out. Yeah, they weren't necessarily thinking, oh, shit, there's a UFO out there. They're like, shit, there's a security risk out there. Let's go check it out. Yeah, exactly. possible security risk. Right. And uh, since they're out there, they're on the Royal Air Force Base. God save the Queen. Mm Mm-hmm. No? (laughs) Fine. I said, said, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. So they got out there, right? And Peniston and Burroughs. One thing I read was as they were going out, what Peniston did was he stopped cabin sag and said, stay here. We need radio communication. And they got so far away from him that or they, as in Peniston and Burroughs, got so far away right. from him that they couldn't even communicate with him anymore. So they had radio. Uh, things were going wrong with the radio r- interference. Yeah. So I remember. Actually, I didn't get this in my notes, but I I do remember hearing about this because 
I've heard of this incident a, a bazillion times. And I remember that. And then I never thought anything of it. But as you're saying it, I'm thinking, like, is it possible the craft is causing that? Well, between the craft and whatever radiation, radioactivity is coming from. Yes, maybe it's in some sort of bubble, some kind of weird force field it has, like an EMP force field. Yeah, yeah, whatever whatever the case may be. Right. So what I got was Peniston stopped cabin sack, and then he got they got closer to where the, the site was, and then they couldn't get in contact with cabin sack, so he stopped Burroughs. Stopped Burroughs there so he can keep in contact with him, and then Peniston went on by himself. Did you get that? No, I don't recall that, but... That's kind of interesting. And then that's when Peniston came upon the thing itself. Look, I was I was never in the military, but I imagine if it's you and another guy, you're not going to tell the uh, going to investigate a possible security breach. You're not going to tell the other guy, "Hey, wait here. I'll go check it out all by my fucking self." That seems a little bit a little bit fishy. You always But I mean, if to- there's only 3 guys, then he wants to st- continue to be in radio contact, and and the site is just ahead of him. So I mean, I could see both sides of that argument. He wanted yeah. to stop this guy so he can continue to be on radio contact, and then he could relay contact on from there in the event of radio interference. But what if there was to relay? Holy shit! It's ten Russians. Here I am by myself. Hands up. They got me. You yes, can't relay exactly. that. That's that's the good. That's one side of the argument. I don't like it. I don't like. I'll hold my my judgment for the end here, but I don't like that part that you're okay. just dropping off your fucking backup. I you agree. Stay here, I'll yeah. radio to you. You radio back to fucking uh, hacky Cabin sack, sack. <laughs> and <laughs> whatever. But isn't that when that's when Peniston come up on the actual vehicle? Can we call it a vehicle of some sort? The transportation, whatever it might be. Craft, yeah, whatever it is. A craft. But it, what I read was he was he was by himself when he actually came upon it. Is that what you read? You know what's weird? I didn't get a lot of their interaction with it. I got a lot more of, I guess, like the halt shit. Okay. So I got a little bit of them going... And then what basically kind of what happened once Hulk kind of knew of what was going on. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad you got this. As far as I understand, Peniston went up to the craft himself. He was by himself when he went up to the craft. That's what one uh, telling of it says that I found. And then another one says all three of you guys came up to the craft. But the main point is Peniston got up and he got details of the craft itself triangular shaped with a dome on top and it was the size of uh was the three feet high i think or three meters high yeah i got it was about 10 feet across and six and a half feet high okay so that i mean three meters yeah it's roughly six and a half feet right yeah so it was just big enough for somebody to set inside the dome. Maybe a couple people. Maybe. I mean, it depends on how big the dome is. But the important thing is, were these emblems on the side. Like hieroglyphs, right? 
Yeah. He saw these things, and he's like, ooh, this is a little bit crazy. So he, you know, scoped out the area, and then Penniston laid his hands, or laid his hand on the craft itself. You know, I remember hearing about this. You know, I'm crazy. I listen to podcasts, all kinds of shit about all this weird stuff. I remember hearing about this, and I was like, why the fuck would he do that? And then I got to thinking during this research, I'm like, I'd probably do the same fucking thing. Right. This odd thing out there, and lights were all over the place, and then there it is. You know, you're out there doing the investigation, so why don't you, you know, give it a little tap and see what you got? Yeah, just touch. I mean... Like, you're going to put the back of your hand to it first, like, make sure it's not hot. Like, you're not going to, you know, be like, eh, is it, is, no, it's not hot. Let me put my hand on it here. Let me yeah. feel, is it rock? Is it metal? Is it made out of fucking cotton balls? I, You know, yeah. you want to feel it. Yeah, exactly. But when he laid his hand on that thing, this white light is all he saw, apparently. And he got these, I don't know if, I don't think he got visions but he, something, you know, something transmitted into him. He called it a download later on. Yeah, because he didn't even recollect that until he got the hypnosis regression, correct? Right. Okay. That was a little bit later on. He got the hypnosis regression and actually... Or hypnotic regression. Whatever. However you want to say it. I think there was one point... One thing I read said he wrote some of this stuff down immediately... Like, within a day or two. Yeah. Another thing I read says he didn't remember that stuff until he went into hypnosis. Now, I I do remember hearing quite a few times that he wrote, basically, I think it's, I don't know if it's a field journal or what it is, but he start like, he jotted this shit down, like, right away. Not the thing that comes back to him during his regression, but I'm pretty sure he even, damn it, now I gotta look it up. I'm almost positive he even sketched the craft. Yeah, he, he sketched the craft, and I mean, the sketches are pretty freaking cool, honestly. And eventually, somebody built that and stuck it out there. It's actually out there in Rendlesham Forest. If, yeah. if you want to go visit it, you can just follow the UFO trails. But eventually, Britain's like, yeah, go on out there. We set it all up for you. Here's some signs. Walk down this trail. This is where this guy did this thing and that guy did that thing. It's all out there. Yeah. So they embraced it for tourism eventually. Yeah. I'm I, Actually, I'm looking at the sketch right now. He even drew a top view. Like a top down? Yeah, like a bird's eye view of it. If you walk all the way around it, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, you could You could basically you could piece that together. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very so, did he get knocked back? Anything happened to him? Any ill effects from touching this craft? He didn't get knocked back, but it said that when he was by himself, later on, they found out that he had lost 45 minutes of time. Really? Yeah. So, hmm. whatever whatever was taking place, he, he lost 45 minutes in that much time. Like, he, he saw white. And then he's like, oh, man, okay. Well, I don't know what just happened. But then that's when he, he woke up from that. And then I think that's when he saw it take off. And it took off way faster than it should for technology of that time or even this time. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned the, the lost time thing, I think I do remember hearing about that. 
But I thought it was him and Burroughs. Their watches were not synced up once they got back to explain their... It could have just been Peniston. But the, yeah, the watches were off. And it, it's kind of interesting because it makes me think like dimension jumping. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, when we start talking about that binary stuff, I've got some thoughts on that. Well, great. You want to take a break and then... Or do you have more to say? Or, I mean, we could take a break and then just get right back into what we're doing. Yeah, definitely time for a break. <laughs> All right. So Penniston is standing there, checking out this craft. Ooh. Takes note of what's going on with this craft. And he actually had a camera with him. Did you know that? He took pictures of the whole incident. He came up to it. And he began photographing the object. Uh, no, I guess nope. I didn't know that. That's okay, because the uh, pictures didn't come out anyway. They were all fuzzy. And they oh. attributed that to the radioactivity that was coming off of it. No, that's very possible. Fuzzy, blurry, foggy, you know, whatever other adjectives to declare. Invisibility, not invisibility, unvisibility. Yeah, they were in the EMP bubble. That's right. <laughs> EMP? I don't know. Look, I don't know what it takes to zip zap through parallel universes, but. Or time. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Who knows, man? He shot the entire roll and then moved closer so he could circle around the back of it. Uh, there was no visible means of propulsion, nor was there any obvious signs of conventional manufacture. No seams or rivets. It was like one solid object yeah like it was honed like it was cnc milled yeah like they just kind of sort of 3d printed or 3d cut out of something oh they could have 3d printed yeah see that's that's the technology we have now in 1980 fucking clueless about 3d printing well even still our 3d printing isn't that good but right an alien race is super if they're advanced enough to show up here their 3D printing is probably pretty good. Yeah, they can just take this big-ass cube of solid object and just vibrate it quick, and then just, boom, there's your ship. You can just phase into mm -hmm. it. Hell, they can even think about it, and then, boop. <laughs> like, they look at this giant steel block, and they're like, boom, there it is. Boom, just appears. There it is. There's a statue of David, and I just thought of him. Made his pee-pee bigger. Yeah, that, I mean, those statues back then. This bitch don't even have any arms. What happened to her arms? Yeah. Hey, ba baby carrot dicks on all of them. Not only did people grow, but pee-pees grew too. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's all relative. You know, it's all it's all to it's scale. A, it, it's a ratio. Yeah. <laughs> it's ratio. Yeah. Look, people were only three and a half feet tall in Jesus' time. That's, that's why yeah. he could carry the cross. That's why they could put him up on the cross. He's only three and a half feet tall. That's 2,000 years ago, brother. People were short as hell. So, you know, he had the whole moment of unclarity when he touched the object. And then he got he got these visions. And he, uh, he stated that he could see no occupants, but since there was some sort of life present inside, he was absolutely certain it was under intelligent control. It's a living ship from No Man's Sky. Oh, my goodness. I got a couple hours till I get mine. You got to get one. I'm looking for my second one. Oh, man. So much easier the second time. Thank goodness. 
Yeah, you, you literally don't do any of that. You get your void egg, and then, you know, you're warping through, and then that ship comes in, like, that initial, like, hey, you know. Oh, I can feel it in my bones. Check out their ship. It touches your soul. Yeah, so, like, that, the, as soon as you get the void egg, that one comes in, and then it's like, oh, here's coordinates to a living being, or to <laughs> the ship. <laughs> That's literally it. You don't do any of that other bullshit. Nothing. No coordinates. No hatching any I mean, maybe once once I finally accept a ship, I might have to like get all of that material. Uh, but right now I don't I don't have to do any of that. But isn't uh no. We'll talk about this off the podcast. Okay. During the whole encounter, Benison states, I noted what I was seeing in my logbook, which I still have. In it I wrote speed impossible. In that moment I knew this craft's technology was far beyond what we could engineer. So he saw this thing lift off approximately four feet off the ground, maneuver between some trees so he could get out of there. I know that trick in No Man's Sky. I'm <laughs> searching for ancient bones. It ascended to a treetop level and disappeared in the blink of an eye. Did it literally disappear or did it take off? I'm going to say it took off. It didn't just like wink out of existence. It accelerated. Yeah, probably. Instead of like, boom, just gone. Oh, look! I don't know. That thing didn't have it. It didn't have any kind of propulsion. Maybe it just—he's like, "Oh man, look at this thing! Blink! Ooh, it's now it's not there." Well, how does he know it didn't have propulsion? I guess he doesn't know exactly. But the the craft itself was—it didn't. There was no visible propulsion on the exterior of the craft when it was landed. Which is kind of weird, because the audio that we're gonna play at the end of this—don't they mention? An impression in the center? There was uh, three impressions for like the each of the edges of the triangular shape. Yeah, but I think they mentioned something about some sort of impression or some sort of blowout in the center. Oh, okay. I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe there was something like in the middle of it. Yeah, so similar to when we land, uh, you know, a capsule on the moon or whatever, it blasts down. But he's saying there's no propulsion. Did you say a castle on the moon? A capsule. Oh, I thought we were landing castles. I'm like, fucking sweet. I love watching the Wait. footage of the 1960s when we land castles on the moon. <laughs> God save the queen. <laughs> Finally. Parliament, we're going to the moon. Yep, and we're taking tea. <laughs> you damn right we're taking tea. And biscuits. Those are cookies, by the way. Biscuits are cookies? They call cookies biscuits. What are scones? I think they're scones. And what are biscuits? That's American. Oh, biscuits. Fucking, fucking idiots. So they're flour and their eggs and they're all their other bullshit. Fancy. Making gravy? Actually, what? they they eat a lot of gravy over there, I think. Do they? They just put it in their tea? No, I think poutine is That's, ca- that's from Canada. Over- is that Canada? I thought that was over there. Yeah, when we go on a world tour, we'll just go to Toronto quick. <clears throat> we'll, hit the, we'll get some. go to the poutine bar. Okay. Look, I would... Get down with some poutine. <laughs> well, that sounds very sexual, but it's not. <laughs> there's an N on the end of that. <laughs> there's an N. Like, there's pooty. There's poutine. There's poutine. There's nookie. But <laughs> well, now, you're, now you're adding a G. <laughs> <laughs> pooty tang. Uh-oh. Look out. <laughs> uh, where are we at? So Peniston is like, what the fuck just happened? I got to take a minute. So Burroughs isn't there with him. 
Not according to one of the reports I read. Was he there when you, well, or the stuff that you looked at? Burroughs was there the whole time. So Penison is like touching this thing. All of a sudden, he just zones the fuck out for 45 minutes. Now, from, like I said, I, I didn't get a lot of th- that interaction. But from what I remember, Burroughs was still there, but he was kind of out of it. He stayed in the vehicle. There was no vehicle. According to one report, they got so far. See? They dropped cabin sag. So they got they got so far in the vehicle. They walked for a while. And they're like, oh, fuck. Radio interference. Cabin sag, stay here. Walk so far. Radio uh, interference. Burroughs, stay here. Penison kept going. It's right over there. You stay here, Burroughs. I'm going over there. That's. I mean, that's exactly what we were saying earlier. That it was so hard. It, it was very hard for me to get my research because everything kind of contradicted each other. Yeah. Did you actually look at the map of this area? No, I didn't. I just saw that ley lines map or that ley lines picture that you sent me. Okay. So on the ley lines map that I sent you, the ley line is, according to that, the ley lines that I grabbed from some random website to stick it in Google Earth is about eight miles in a direct line to the Rendersham Forest Incident UFO landing site. It's like, it's less than eight miles, seven and a half-ish. And is, are you looking at it right now? Yeah, seven, 7.29 miles. Yeah. Do you see the runway on that map? The Rendersham runway? Yeah. Yep. So just east of that is where the that the UFO had landed. The bent water, bent water, bent water, bent water, whatever it is. Yeah, bent waters. It's that's actually directly north. It's about two and a half miles. It's not on that map that you're looking at. Yeah, it's not there. So that Air Force base is two miles away. Woodbridge is right there. That ley line is eight miles away. Let's. I mean, we could round it down to seven. It's seven point two nine miles. Yeah, that's fine. But what I'm getting at is, it wasn't terribly far away from that runway. Maybe that runway has changed in the last forty years. But still, those guys had to park in such a way from from the edge of the road that they had to stagger the guys on the radio. So it was literally just a couple of miles. Less than five miles, I would have to guess. Which, oh, yeah. you know, it's not, it's far, but it's not unbelievably far. It had to be way less than five miles, dude, because five miles from one of the base, the bases is the... The ocean. It, it's the Orford Nest Lighthouse. Yes, that's what... Some of the people were like, you fucking jackasses. You guys were just looking at the lighthouse. The lighthouse is just showing lights out there. What the hell are you guys doing out there? Now, like I mentioned before, we're going to play the audio at the end of this. I assume it's legal to do so. It's 18 minutes long, right? Yeah, I guess if they if somebody has a problem, they'll let us know, and we'll just cut the end of the episode off. Whatever. But it's on this website. It's on this and that website, so... It's 18 minutes long. Now... In this audio, I've I've heard this audio before. I've heard it several times. I list, I literally listened to it today. He says, there it is. Oh, it's gone. Oh, there it is again. Oh, it's gone. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a fucking lighthouse, bro. Yeah. But according to, now that, that was Holtz. 
and we haven't got the halt yet. Right. So, so after Peniston touched the thing and some stuff went down, he's like, oh, man, that's crazy. Why am I seeing all these? Why am I seeing so many ones and zeros in my head? What is happening? So he went back and he wrote in his, so he not only, in his logbook, he sketched out what the craft looked like. And he was mm-hmm. like, man, I cannot get these ones and zeros out of my head. And he started just jotting down all these ones and zeros. And he, when he got done jotting down all the ones and zeros, they kind of just stopped in his head. And he's like, okay, good. Now I can get some sleep. Yeah, and I assume you're going to get to what people think they say, right? Yeah, well, this was right before. This was at the time. I guess the ones and zeros thing happened a day later or so. Then eventually, Colonel Halt what was his first name. Uh, Charles Halt. Charles Halt. He was uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I think. L- yeah, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt. Yeah. So that's when uh, the lights still hadn't stopped. There were still lights, and at random times between uh, during these days, between the twenty sixth and twenty eighth, out there overnight mostly. I don't. If they happened during the day, nobody noticed them apparently. Well, I got that they kept calling the cops out there. Out to the Air Force Base? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Around 4 a.m., the local police were called to the scene, but said that the only lights they could see came from the Orford Nest Lighthouse. Which was five miles to the southeast of the site. Which was basically in pretty close to the direction they were looking. Yes, but later on, Halt's like, no, we weren't looking at the lighthouse. I know what the lighthouse looks like. I don't, I'm not a dummy here. Yeah, they've been we there. Were, we were looking about there. 40 degrees away from the lighthouse. We could still yeah. see the lighthouse. The cops were called out there twice, dude. I wonder if that's one of the times when uh, that other guy I told you about, I texted you, I'm like, did you see this guy's thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see anything about him. This guy is a little bit wacky. Uh, Bastenza, Adrian Bastenza, they did an interview with him. But I want to tell Holt's side of the story, and then you could listen to the audio because I mean, we'll, we'll go down so much of Holt's, and then you could totally listen to the audio, and that would be fine. But Bastenza's side of the story is real goofy. Him and Larry Warren. And you're like, who, who the fuck's Larry Warren? You guys haven't said Larry Warren yet. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about Larry Warren. I know that there had been a few people that kind of came out of the woodworks basically and was like I I guess talking about it. Um uh, and oh, shoot. Well, I I guess I don't really want to get into that just yet. Okay. Well, let's get into what happened with Halt. Charles Halt. So, people were is he was higher ranking than Peniston. And Halt is kind of, uh, I don't know. I would probably say if I was back there in that time on the base and was a slightly lower ranking than these guys, then I'd be like, mm, man, it's hard-ass Halt. You don't want to fuck out with that guy. Yeah, I picture Halt being the guy, you know, he's got like his medals on. He's got like a glass of whiskey and a cigar, yeah. both in the same fucking hand. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm not taking any of this shit. The hell are you guys doing out there? Yeah, what the fuck is that? So they, they like, told him about it. He wrote this, like, infamous, the the Holt memo. Yeah. So that, that was basically after the account. 
but he went out there with the you know the the people on the morning of the 28th so he went out with service members and himself and they went out with radiation detectors this whole thing this this entire audio like we said it's 18 minutes long we're gonna play this at the end for you guys it's fascinating it's radio communications from the military yeah he he carried around a tape recorder and this was 1980 so it was a little cassette tape i'm i'm guessing it was probably one of those little um, talk boys talk boy yeah talk boy dude from home alone you remember (laughs) that thing god i wanted one so bad and my parents never got it Ah. my brother got one did he yeah he still got it i'm gonna beat him up and take it no definitely Shoot. doesn't have that thing no it was not a talk boy i'm guessing holt had some sort of military grade it was probably right on the lines of a talk boy but it was small enough to fit in probably his vest pocket or or something because during the audio at towards the end when i was listening to it i'm like man this is this is good stuff this is good stuff but i'm like where did he stash this thing how was he taking audio that it wasn't just rubbing all up against his uniform and stuff I think it's it's recorded radio communications because they they went out there in radiation suits, so I imagine they have mics. Oh, okay, okay. Because I I know at work they record our audio. Uh, recorded for training purposes. Press two for English. You, I mean, you never know what's going to be said, and you might need it for evidence or whatever. So they record everything that transmits over the radio. So I imagine the military is the same way, and they're probably recording whatever they're wearing, because they got to be like I said, they got to be able to communicate when they have the radiation suits on. Yeah. Okay. I like that idea, but the recording doesn't sound like that. It sounded like there was, as long as certain guys were in proximity of Holt himself, then you could hear them clearer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did they have radiation suits on? I would imagine they did. They didn't know what they were getting into. Uh, they went out with radiation detectors, bro. Bah, you could pick up anything. You could stick it on the side of your car and be like... You just wait till 5G's here. Oh, man. It's going to be just radiating <laughs> off everybody. Everybody needs one of those damn those patches and tell you if there's radiation near you. Yeah. I live so close to a nuke plant that they hand out free iodine tablets. Are you serious? Yeah, once... Maybe not once a year, but there's a thing that goes up in the community and is like, oh, come get your radiation tablets. What the fuck, dude? Are you saying, what? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, fuck out of there. Get your own island. You're not at all curious why I'm growing a third eye? (laughs) You keep it covered up, so I wouldn't. (laughs) That's true. You got a pretty good hairline. (laughs) I got some thick-ass hair. (laughs) I can't wait till it starts thinning. <laughs> what? Oh, don't say that. It's annoying, Good dude. Good lord. It'll start growing out your ass then. It's receding from my from my forehead, the top of my head, but sure as shit, it's growing off my ass and out of my ears. Well, it sure as fuck doesn't grow off of my chest. I think all the hair that my body was supposed to have went straight up and out of my fucking head. <laughs> Actually, my uh, I'm surrounded by females. My wife, four daughters... They all have chest hair. They all have breast hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, talking about me, not them. Oh, okay. For some reason, 
Hair does not grow on my calves. I don't have to shave my cows ever. Mine's starting to fall out from my boots. That makes sense. I always thought that's what happened when he wore hats a lot. Like, you, you get that male pattern baldness when you wear hats a lot. I think that's... That's a, that's a myth? I think it's a myth. Uh, not to scare you, but have your calves ever grown hair? Or is it recently that they just stopped producing hair? That, to make, that makes a difference? Uh, yeah, it does, actually. Because I looked it up because I was curious about me losing hair down there. Oh, okay. And I was like, what could it be? It could be testicular cancer. Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. It, it has something to do with your extremities. Like, you start, like, it's not producing enough shit to grow hair. So Okay, so certain systems, certain systems are shutting down that are further down the line because the cancer has now entered your system. Yeah. Wow. But... You know, I don't have lumpy balls, so I figure it is. It's got to be my boots. <laughs> lumpy testes. <laughs> you got lumpy uh, dumplings. Lumpy dumplings. Hate when that happens. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just get a, this burst of cornstarch in your mouth. Yeah, what the fuck? Hate when that happens. Cornstarch. What? How do you do <laughs> dumplings? Flour? Biscuits. You just drop a biscuit in your gravy? You take the biscuits. Oh, wait. What are you talking about? I'm dumplings? talking about chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. What are you talking about? How are you chicken, yeah, chicken and dumplings? And dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> you take biscuits, you roll them up into a little ball, and drop them in there. They're uncooked biscuits. Drop them in where? In the chicken and dumplings. Where's in the gravy? Oh, we are off topic. Let's get back on it. I don't know what is. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Colonel Holt. He's like, you boys out there doing some shit. We, I got to find out what the hell you guys doing around here. Penison is over there. Somebody dropped one of the ends in his name, and now he's Penis Ton. Stop it. Come on. How can you not think Penis Ton <laughs> when you think Penison? Holt's out there. He's all pissed off because he's like, you fucking guys. It's, you know, Christmas just happened. I wanted to take off this whole week. And you're out here having me walk through the forest. like, oh, shit. Did you guys see that? Guys, I'm trying to spike my fucking eggnog here and smoke a cigar, damn it. Leave me the hell alone. <sighs> Miss December's got to wait. <laughs> I just assume he's looking at like like a fucking December playboy. <laughs> By himself out there in Suffolk. Yeah, but he's not getting hard because he's, he's, he's so fucking tough that it, those girls don't even get him hard. He's just like, <laughs> unless she's cutting off somebody's fucking head. Doesn't get me going. See, that's how hard-ass Halt was. Well, that's what we assume. He might have been a little fucking dork. We don't know. There's pictures. Oh, there's? I didn't see any. Well, not in his hard ass. Just saying. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't want to see those. <laughs> well, being informed about the incident, he summoned Airman First Class Cabin Sag into his office and asked him to describe what had happened. The following day, Halt was attending a party when an officer informed him the UFO was back. Halt was then instructed to assemble a patrol to investigate the incident with the express aim of debunking the whole issue. The officers were worried the whole thing was getting out of hand. So Halt comes in, he's like, the hell are you guys doing out there? What in tarnation <laughs> happening out here? You got your lights out here? It's just lighthouse, fellas. Stop fucking around. What the hell? Put down your biscuits. <laughs> Let's go. These are cookies? Yeah. 
We got cookies out here today. That's when they went out and they did their little radiation shit, right? Yeah, because Halt's like, look, I'm going to record this for training purposes. Please, please press 2 for English. So when I guess when they got out there, they noticed that there's impressions or depressions. What's the difference? Any difference? I don't know. In the ground. I'm impressed on the depressed. Okay. Depressed about the impressed? It, it all depends on... There's marks in the ground. <laughs> there's a concave or is it convex? You know what? We'll move on. I think convex goes up. Concave goes down. The hyperbole of this conversation is too damn high. The craft landed and put <laughs> holes in the fucking earth where, <laughs> where the feet were. <laughs> and they were in the shape of a triangle here. So they went out with these radiation things and they're like, hey, let's check this out. So at first, Hulk's like, this guy's, are you serious? Yeah, that's, oh, Hulk, over here, look at this tree. There's some damage on the tree. Yeah, man, that's probably been there for days. They just cut the tree, and it's a little, there's some sap coming out. Deal with it. We're moving on. I don't know, would sap come out, like, at what point does sap harden? Well, not harden, but, like, when does it, not James Harden, who could be coming to the Sixers. Not James Harden. Um... When does it start to harden and not kind of seep out of the tree anymore? Oh, I don't know. There's uh, random places that I drive around Pennsylvania where they just have these big-ass intricate tubes. Like there's a spout or a spigot on a tree, and then there's these intricate tubes that are coming down to a bucket and just draining the sap out of the tree. So I don't know at what point if a tree is just damaged. Like does it? when does it scab over, essentially? Yeah, I would think it does sort of scab over but maybe not with a tap in it you know what i mean maybe the tap does something yeah it's like an iv in your vein like you, you can't scab if there's something straight in the bloodstream yeah because if the blood's not coming out there's nothing to coagulate yeah so if it's a tree i don't know when at what point the sap will harden so you know they're skedaddling through the forest and he's like that's negligible don't don't worry about that. We're moving on, moving on. And eventually the Geiger counter starts clicking. Hall's out there and they're they're holding the Geiger counter to random trees around. You know, it's going off every once in a while on their way out. But they get to the site where they said it was happening. And there's marks in the trees. And then it was odd because they, they held the counter, the Geiger counter up to the one side of the tree that was damaged from something. And then they put it up to the other side of the tree, which I can, they're, they're like pine trees and, yeah. you know, and that's all, that's all they are. So they're what, three to six inches in diameter, something like that. Yeah, probably. So they put, they put it up to one side and it, it ticks off a couple times and then they put it to the other side and it, it ticks off like way less, almost nothing compared to the other side, to the damage side. Yeah, it almost lends to the fact that it's, like, the radiation is so... It's in a bubble, like you've said before. It was yeah, just like, like this... it's so concentrated. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, because you think of radiation, n- no pun intended, but it slowly it radiates out. In, in a sphere, in a radius. It slowly dissipates. Yeah, and the same thing, it... it radiates out from its source in a sphere but this is like it like it gets to a point 
like it's radiation, radiation, and just kind of fucking stops. But it doesn't stop, but it like it drastically decreases. Right, but that's super weird that it's on one side of the tree and then almost nothing on the other side of the tree. Right. It's very concentrated in the one spot. And at first, Holt is like, mm, yeah, that's nothing. Move on. And then they find another one, kind of the same thing. And they pick different spots, and they're like, okay, this is definitely the area. And then and then the lights start showing up. Yeah, they start seeing lights again. And Holt's out there. Yeah, so they see these lights across this field that's off to the east. But it was almost in line with the lighthouse again. So I know we said this, and Halt denies it, but it's really close in line with the lighthouse. And you'll hear in the audio at the end, they say, there it is. Oh, it's gone. There it is. Oh, it's gone. (laughs) It almost sounds like a lighthouse. Now, Halt says it's off. That's, you know, I've been here so fucking long. Come on. I know where the lighthouse is. I know what the lighthouse looks like. That wasn't the lighthouse. Everyone says, this is the fucking lighthouse. I don't think they did anything. They just saw these lights, right? They couldn't really do anything when the with the Halt stuff. They were just, they got to that site and they were like, okay, well, this, this is happening. This is happening. It's, it's freaking out here. But they, they couldn't do anything. But he saw all the other lights. Later, they saw what was called star-like lights in the sky to the north and the south. So if you're standing where they are at the UFO site on that map, so if you're standing and you are facing north, then the Orden, what was that lighthouse called? The Orden... Orden Ness? Nor? Orden Orden Ness, yeah. Ordinance Lighthouse is, if you're standing on the site where the UFO was, it's facing north. Ordinance Lighthouse is pretty much southeast, maybe east-southeast. The runway is almost directly west. North would be the other airfield, the um, Benswater airfield, is directly north of that site. South, directly south would be uh, the waters between... What is that? Just the Atlantic Ocean? Is there a sea or an ocean in there? I guess my geography is a bit off. Yeah, where England, Great Britain is, there's a swath of water, and then it's the rest of Europe over there. Whatever it is, directly south is water. They Mm -hmm. so much water that they needed a lighthouse. Southeast, southwest is another lighthouse, but it's a little further off. But you said they were facing north. Well, they they saw these lights. The star-like lights. Star-like lights is in quotes. Okay. In the sky, they were to the north and the south. And this is, if anybody knows about this, this is when they see the, like, it's like a craft that's kind of melting. Craft mac and cheese. Well, yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) They say the the brightest one occasionally beamed down light. Oh. Now, I don't, that, that's basically all I got. Cause I, I, like I said, I got most of my shit from MUFON and then, so the, they don't have a lot on that part of it. Uh, on the Rendlesham forestincident.com website, it says the group watched as another object came in at enormous speed and then stopped, hovered over them 
and then send a laser-like beam down to the ground only a few feet from their location. The UFO then moved over the weapon storage area and continued firing beams of light into the storage bunker. Colonel Holt, confined by security oaths, has refused to confirm whether this area contained nuclear weapons, but it is almost certain, given the frontline function of the base at the time, that it did. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was going to say, that it's very likely that the both of these bases had nukes. Probably, because just a couple of decades before, three decades, three and a half decades, is when they dropped it on uh, Japan, Hiroshima, all that stuff, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And so, eh, why not? Let's just uh, store nukes every few miles across the globe. Yo, why not? But our alien overlords are like, you guys are going to fuck yourselves up and you're not going to be able to join us in the Galactic Federation later. You're going to have to chill out. The best defense is a good offense, right? (laughs) But if everybody has their finger on the trigger, is that a good offense? It's a Cold War. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's basically what we're living today. We're basically living in another Cold War where everybody has this shit and they know, oh, fuck, if I pull the trigger, they're pulling a trigger on me. So you're not going to do it. Exactly. So it's it's mad. It's a mutual assured destruction. That's exactly it, yeah. And the aliens are like, guys, no. No, we're going to need you. Why are you guys fighting? You are one race. Yeah. Like you're you're one species and you're fighting with each other as if you were different and you're not. You might look differently because you're from different parts of a fucking gigantic planet. You evolve differently, but you're the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What stop, are you doing? Stop fucking with each other. Just because you don't believe what he believes, you're going to kill him? Come on. And that's why we'll never be in the Galactic Federation. Nope. So Halt did his thing, and he's out there checking stuff out. And he, at first, he thought it was junk, but he was out there. He starts believing it now, baby. Something's going on. Yeah, he signed an affidavit summarizing the events. And here's a quote from him. I believe the objects that I saw at close quarter were extraterrestrial in origin and that the security services of both the United Kingdom and the United States have attempted, both then and now, to subvert the significance of what occurred at Rendlesham Forest and RAF Bentwaters by the use of well-practiced methods of disinformation. Now, that's that's an affidavit. Mm -hmm. Some people might think, oh, affidavit, who cares? Like, you can say whatever. But not... To these military guys. No. See, that at that point, it changes to either you're you're going to jail for whatever traitorous intentions. Well, it's uh, perjury in a sense. Okay. Right? Okay. Like lying under oath. In a sense, it's perjury. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, you could go to some big deal jail. Yeah, you could probably be court-martialed for something like that, for lying on an affidavit. Right, in a military sense. So so there's reason to believe that's pretty damn legit. He believed so much in what he saw, what he experienced, 
that he put it together in, in an affidavit. Yeah, he said, I believe the objects that I saw at close quarter were extraterrestrial in origin. He wholeheartedly believes that it was not from this earth. We cannot do it here. Yet? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to get into that binary stuff from what the other guy experienced? Oh, yeah. People, like, kind of broke it down, right, and then realized what it said? Yeah, eventually, Peniston either wrote all the ones and zeros down immediately so that he could get them out of his head, or later on when he was under hypnosis, all the ones and zeros came out and somebody goes, Ooh, dude, that's binary. Hold on, let me run... I." I know how to do binary. Let me run it through this program and we can figure it out. Now, either way, right away or later, I really, really doubt Penniston took the time to learn binary enough to put this message together in binary. Yeah. So just listen to that and then kind of think about that while this plays out. This guy was a military guy. Penniston was was military. Like, that's that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He wasn't an IT guy. He wasn't an IT nerd of any kind. So it's not like he... Honestly, what did he have to gain? Exactly. There was nothing. He was just like, he just put a bunch of ones and zeros down. And as far as we know, the ones and zeros in his notebook are legit. They took They took copies of his notebook... And those are available, too. Mm. So all these ones and zeros. Do you have the interpretation of the binary code? I didn't bring it up. I can bring it up probably real quick. The complete decoded and interpreted message of this binary code. See, this is when he, when James Pennison laid his hand on the craft. When he was out there seeing this thing, he laid his hand on the craft. And somehow, I think it's one of his words, he it downloaded this information to him. So when they decoded the binary finally, it says the exploration of humanity 6668100 and then it gives coordinates to high Brazil, which we'll get into that in a minute. So the the line is exploration of humanity 6668100 coordinates continuous for planetary advan, that's where it ends supposedly. And then fourth coordinate continuate before, and then it shows coordinates for Caracol, Belize, Sedona, Arizona, Great Pyramid in Giza, Egypt, the Nazca Lines in Peru, the Taishan Q in China, the Portera at Temple of Apollo in Naxos, Greece. And then after that, it says eyes of your eyes, origin. Then it gives the coordinates for High Priscilla again. Origin year 8100. Yeah, dude. That breaks my brain thinking about that stuff. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. I I pulled it up. Exploration of humanity 666, 8100. So is that 666? That's definitely something biblical. Yeah, but. Or maybe it's not. Is it June? June? The six month, or did we get to a point? If it is a origin year eighty one hundred, did we get to a point in hu in human history or humanity 
as a whole that we jacked up the calendar again in the next 6,000 years that we screw up the calendar again? I don't know. Exploration of humanity, 666, doesn't mean maybe humanity in itself is evil. Oh, so the exploration of this evilness. Or, whoa, what if we are the 666th version of humanity? Oh. Like, exploration of humanity number 666. And it's the year 8100? According to recorded history, yeah, dude. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. the The holes I want to poke in this, though, are the fact that it's these things that are ancient to us now. The and all the different other on all of the locations. Well, maybe there's a future thing that's important in Sedona, Arizona, because right now Sedona, Arizona, I don't. It's not really important, is it? Mm, no. We got Caracol, Belize. Actually, I don't know what's there. Ser- Sedona, Arizona. The Great Pyramids, they're important. The Nazca Lines of Peru, they're important. The Taishan Q in China, I don't really know what's there. The Temple of Apollo, that's important. High Brazil is an island west of Ireland that is currently, in 2020, is not there. It was on older maps, ancient maps, but it's currently not there. Where did you get the interpretation of the uh, binary? I got it from binarydecoder.info, and it was from the... Well, if you go to the RendlesshamForestIncident.com, one of the tabs is binary codes. So if you go there, then you can do binary there's a link for a binary decode and it's sort of scrambled there. But if you just go to binary decoder.info. All right. Cause I'm on oh, no. the Rendlesham forest incident.com and it has it decoded to an extent because there's some green characters oh, yeah. and the green they- characters represent those I have interpreted in areas of transmission errors. Now, the green characters in what I'm looking at is exploration, and then it says of the F is green. Humanity, six. Then the next two sixes are green. Mm-hmm. 8100. So here they're saying what they have interpreted as 666, but it's really six. I don't know. I don't know. True. It's a little iffy. But we should probably be ending this episode. Running along, kind of long. Yeah. I mean, like we said, there's it, it, it's really difficult to kind of research this. Yeah, because every time, every other website is, is different information, it seems like. But the whole thing is very interesting. And they have the UFO out there. Well, they have a structure out there. It's like a... Yeah. You're not allowed to climb on it, but it's kind of a... You just wander into the into this clearing and there it is right but the whole story is very interesting and it got a lot deeper than i thought it would yeah i thought it would be just kind of look at this website and that website and that's kind of it a straight up history just a timeline but no this whole thing is very interesting you can break so much down right about the whole thing 
And then, like we said, we're going to have the audio coming up right after this. If you guys want to stick around and listen to the actual audio. It's very interesting of Colonel Charles Holt. He goes out there and he's it, he definitely changes his mind as the audio goes on. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. And then in the audio, they also see the new lights and mention how the farm, the local, you know, the farm animals nearby start, you know, well, they, they get super quiet. And it's kind of interesting. It's 18 minutes long, so kind of long, but if you're into it, you'll be into it. Oh, yeah. But drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Like, is this total BS or is this... You're like, oh, yep. Did those guys come from the future to the past? Maybe they traveled parallel universes. Like they, wherever they are, they are in the past. But they wormholed to a parallel universe where it was 1980 Earth here, potentially. But anyway, bring in the word at gmail.com. You can drop us a message on Facebook, slide into the DMs on Twitter. There'll be pictures on Instagram about something. Maybe some of these guys. Yeah. The faces of these fine lads that were out there. (laughs) All right. Stay weird, world. We'll see you guys next time, and be ready for the military audio. 150 feet or more from the initial, I should say, suspected impact point. Heavy little difficulty. We can't get the line all the work. Seems to be some kind of mechanical problem. Let's send it back and get another light on. Meantime, we're going to take some readings for the gator kyer and uh, chase around here a little bit, wait for another light off to come back in. Okay, we're now approaching area within about 25, 30 feet. What kind of readings are we getting? Anything? Just minor clicks. Minor clicks. What are the impressions? Is that a little bigger than
last point. I haven't seen it go any higher. Okay, we'll go out toward the... Now it's picking up. This is out toward the number one indentation where we first got the strongest reading. Yeah, it's similar to what we got in the center. This may be in the center. Looks like an area here, possibly. It could be a blast. It's in the center. That's hard to tell. You've got to take this my finger about the Here, too. Up to what? Seven. What? Just jumped it up jumps to what? Seven tenths there. Seven tenths right there in the center? Uh huh. We found a small blast. What looks like a blasted or scrubbed up area here. We're getting very positive rings. Let's see, is that near the center? Yes, it is. This is what we would assume would be the dead center. Just bring it up more as you go along the whole area. Up to seven tenths. Or seven. Seven units, let's call it on the point five scale. Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we make a sweep? Here, I've got the gloves on now. Let's make a sweep out around the whole area, about 10 foot out, and make a perimeter run around it. Starting right back here at the corner. Right back at the same first corner where we came in. Let's go right back here. Don't let the pendulum on you count the clicks. Okay, let's start it. Then I can put the light on it and sweep around it. It was flat. Okay, from now on, let's, 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 let's identify that as point number one. Let's stake there. 
So you all know where it is. We have to sketch it. You got that, Sergeant Nevels? Yes, sir. Close okay. Closest to the wood bridge base. B point one. B point one. Let's go clockwise from there. Point two. Point two. So this tree is between point two. Two and two other personnel requesting to rendezvous with you at your location. Tell them negative at this time. We'll tell them when they can come out here. We don't want them out here right now. Okay. The, the sample. You're going to mark this sample number one. Yes. Have them cut it off and include some of that sap and all. Is between indentation two and three on a pine tree about. Uh, about five feet away, about three and a half feet off the ground. There's a round abrasion on the tree, about uh, three and a half, four inches in diameter. It looks like it might be old, but uh, strange as a crystalline pine sap has come out that fast. See those other trees here that are damaged in similar fashion? Yes, so Okay, why don't you take a picture of that and remember your picture. And you got to be writing this down. It's going to be on the tape. Right. Got a tape measure with you? This is the picture. Your first picture will be at the first tree, the one between uh, Mark 2 and 3. Meantime, I'm going to look at a couple of these trees over here. We are getting some. You're getting rains on the tree you've taken samples from on the side facing the suspected landing site. Four clicks, Max. Up to four. Interesting. That's right where you're taking the sample now. Four. That's the strongest point on the tree? Yes, sir. If you come to the back, there's no clicks whatsoever. No clicks at all on the back. It's all on the Maybe side facing the... Interesting. The indentations look like something twisted as it got, you know, as it sat down on them. Looks like someone took something and sat it down and twisted it from side to side. Mm -hmm. Very strange. We're looking at the same tree we took the sample off with this, what do you call it, star scope? Uh huh, star scope. You're getting a definite heat reflection off the tree, about, about three to four feet off the ground? Yes, where the, the same spot is. Exactly same place where the spot is. We're getting a heat. And the spot on the tree directly behind us, I picked up the same thing. One off to your right. Uh, let me Three trees in the area, immediately adjacent to the site, within 10 feet of the suspected landing site. We're picking up heat reflection off the trees. What's that again? Well, shine the light on again, Bob. Well, you have trouble getting control. Yeah. Get the light on the spot, and then when you want them, okay, turn the light on. Light, you'll notice the white. Hey. You're right. There's a white streak on the tree. It indicates, uh, Let me turn around with this tree over here now. Just a second. Watch your push right on the tree. I can see it. Wait a minute, give me a little side lighting so I can find the tree. Okay, off. I lost the tree. Okay, stop, stop. Light on. Hey, this is eerie. This is strange. Here, someone want to look at the spots in the ground? Whoops, watch your nose. We're walking all over the park here, sir. Okay, let's, let's step back and not walk all over it. Come back here, somebody put a beam on them. You're going to have to be back 10 or 15 feet. You see it? Okay, lights off. He took this long to dock. What do you think about the spot? Yeah. 
lost spot. Okay, that's what we'd call lost spot number three. Let's go to the back corner and get spot number one. Spot number one. Here's spot number one right here. Spot number one right here. Do you need some light? There it is right there. You focused? Okay. Looking out spot number one through the starlight scope. Slight increase in light at spot number one. Let's go look at spot number two. Spot number two is right over here. Right here. See it? Okay, get focused on it. Tell me when. Okay. Lights on. Let's see what we get on it. Just a slight increase? Try to center. The center spot. Well, it really isn't center. It's, it's slightly off center. It's right there. Okay. We've got to get your reading on it right there. Tell me when you're ready. Okay, lights out. This is the center spot we're looking at now. Almost the center. Slight increase there. This is slightly off center toward the uh, one two side. It's a, some type of an abrasion or something in the ground where the pine needles are all pushed back and where we get a high radiact or high uh, reading about the deflection of uh, two to three, maybe four, depending on the point on it. Yes. So there's a positive after effect? Yes, there is definitely. That's on the center spot. There is an after effect. What does that mean? When the lights are turned off, once we are focused in and allow time for the eyes to adjust, we are getting an indication of a heat source coming out of that center spot, as, uh, which will show up on the heat or some form of energy. It's hardly heat at this stage of the game. Looking directly overhead, one can see an opening in the trees plus some freshly uh, broken pine branches on the ground underneath. Looks like someone came off about 15 to 20 feet up. Some small branches about an inch or less in diameter. Zero 148, we're hearing very strange sounds out of the farmer's barnyard animals. They're just very, very active, making an awful lot of noise. You have a pigmentation. You just saw a light yeah, there. Wait, I'm going slow down. Where? Right at this position here, straight ahead in between the tree. There it is again. Watch straight ahead off my flash right there, yeah, sir. There it is. Oh, yeah, I see it too. What is it? We don't know, sir. So, yeah, can I get some of Yeah, it's a strange, small red light. It looks to be out maybe a quarter to half mile, maybe further out. I'm going to switch off. The light is gone now. It was approximately 120 degrees from back the site. Is it back again? Yes, sir. Oh, that's the flashlight, sir. Let's move out to the edge of the clearing so we can get a better look at it. See if you can get the star scope on it. The light's still there, and all the barnyard animals have gotten quiet now. Yeah, we're heading about 110 to 120 degrees from the site out through to the clearing now, still getting a reading on the meter, about two clicks. Meter's jumped three to four clicks, getting stronger. Now it's back. Now it's coming up. Hold up, there we go. About approximately four foot off the ground. It's coming to the of 110 degrees. Right, just turn the meter off. You've got to say that again. About four feet off the ground, about 110 degrees, getting a reading of about four clicks. Yes, sir. Yeah, but it, <coughs> now it's dying. Now it's dying. I think it's something other than the ground. I think it's something that's 
Some variable here. We just found the first night bird we've seen. We're about 150 or 200 yards from the site. Everything else is just deathly calm. There's no doubt about it. There's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. There's yellow. I saw a yellow tinge in it too. Weird. It, it, it appears to be maybe moving a little bit this way. It's, it's brighter than it has been. Yellow. It's coming this way. It is definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. There is no doubt about it. This is weird.